Welcome! You found the Out of the Ordinary podcast, where we believe that the very best stories grow out of the soil of ordinary life. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker. Lisa Jo, a few of my favorite ordinary things are reading a book in the hammock, picking strawberries at a local farm, and pulling out the swimsuits for one more summer. Ooh, yes, good one. Some of mine are afternoons at the next-door neighbor's pool, stopping for ice cream cones with sprinkles and s'mores around the fire pit. We are all in for such a treat this summer because Lisa Jo has a new book available at the end of July. It's a love letter to ordinary life called The Middle Matters, Why That Extra Ordinary Life Looks Really Good on You. This incredible book is like a magic mirror. It showed me just how marvelous my ordinary life already is. And these hilarious and honest essays that are so much like our conversations on this podcast, Lisa Joe invites us to take a good look at our middles and gives us permission to embrace them beyond what the media, the mirror, the magazines, or our teenagers might say. Through gutsy, beautiful storytelling, she admits out loud what most of us are thinking about marriage, parenting, the bathroom scale, and our struggles with doubt and faith. Chrissy, you are the kindest of friends, and to all of my friends who are listening, I want to give you a special gift if you pre-order the book. If you go to themiddlemattersbook.com and find your favorite retailer and place an order before July 23rd, we have curated the most delightful pre-order gift bundle for you. It includes a $10 gift card to dayspring.com that comes with free shipping if you're in the U.S., three chapters of the audiobook as read by me, a behind-the-scenes photo album that describes each of the essays in the book, and then, this might be my favorite part, eight secret podcast sessions with me. We're calling this series Meet Me in the Middle, Confessions of a Carb-Loving Author. So friends, just go to themiddlemattersbook.com, place your order, and then follow the instructions to claim your gifts. And now to our conversation today. Woo, Christy, the countdown is on. We're just one month away from my book coming out. I'm feeling pretty excited about it. Are you? Are you feeling good? I am. And there's something really fun about a book coming out in the summer. Yeah. Something about summer that just feels like freedom and joy and delight and good food, as we talked Absolutely. about last week. And there's something about it that feels so joy-filled and that Mm. these stories are that. These stories are essentially the kind of stories we do on the podcast. They are about the ordinary things, but when you start to dig into them, you discover all the hidden treasure of layered meanings that just fill ordinary moments with so much significance. That's right. I think it's so perfect that your book is a summer book because it feels joyful and celebratory to me in that way, in the way that summer does. It feels easy and it feels so. just like a fun, like that fun song that plays on the radio yeah, every summer. That's so great. I think yes. that's your book is like that. Oh my that. gosh, I love that you just made that comparison. <laughs> Especially because the the cover of the book feels like joy. It's that bright orange yes. and I'm in my t-shirt. And um, what's really funny about this book cover picture is it was snapped by my good friend Amy on her cell phone. I still can't believe that. During Zoe's birthday party. Never in a million years thought it would make the cover of a book. But we will save those stories for a later episode coming your way on launch week of the book where we share some of our behind the book 
stories. Mm. But when I think about summer and I think about these everyday ordinary moments, I always think about the garden here. Mm. And I laugh because come like July or August, you're going to be complaining to me about the garden, how uh, yes. it's trying to eat you alive. <laughs> but right now, you and your garden are still on we're really still, good terms. Yes, we're still good friends right now. <laughs> Everything is still manageable and beautiful. It hasn't just you know reared up and started That's growing right. over the fences yet. That's right. By August, I'm in tears thinking of all the ways I have let my garden down. <laughs> <laughs> I should have staked more. I should have weeded more. I should have, I don't know, taken and then, control. <laughs> and then you always just retreat indoors. I do. I do. <laughs> have some iced coffee. I do. I do. Oh, I love escape that. the mosquitoes. Escape the humidity. I am a a fair weather friend <laughs> fair to my weather gardener. gardener. <laughs> I feel like that's appropriate. You should garden when the weather is fair. I am. It's so funny to me that I that I have become this. That I that I wear that label, gardener, and that hat, and, and that those hat. gardening <laughs> gloves, and those boots. <laughs> I mean, you right. really are like you stepped out of a gardening magazine. Sometimes when I drive up to meet you, you'll you know, Chrissy walks out onto the deck of this big old house, and she has her old you know, floppy gardening hat and gardening gloves and big old boots on. And she's like, I'm like, oh, you're the catalog lady. Like you are the person you buy these things. And I used to think it's not, I just don't know enough about gardening. I used to think, oh, that just seems like, do you need those accessory? <laughs> but then when I came last time, you had all that poison ivy up I your did. neck. And it was because yeah. you hadn't worn gloves once when you were just trying to move yes. old mulched leaves yes. that happened to have poison ivy stuff. Right. These up are accessories with a purpose. Yes. Yeah. And I came home and told Peter, you have to wear gloves Get when gloves. you garden. <laughs> Christy has got poison ivy all over her. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You said I look like I stepped out of a magazine. That reminds me of this magazine. So I, for years, I was a subscriber to Martha Stewart. Of course Living you were. Magazine. We've had this conversation. But I used to, let me just say, <laughs> I once made fun publicly of Martha Stewart. And then Christy was like, I love Martha Stewart. And I thought she was being sarcastic, like facetious. And I'm like, I know she's so annoying. And Christy's like, no, no, I love I Martha Stewart. Love. I have all of her magazines. I did. You know, this was a time um, I really valued them because I've always had that sort of creative bent or that interest in recipes and home decor and the garden and so on. Well, not so, I won't say I've always had that interest in the garden. I'll get to that. But I've had these other sort of creative home-based kind of domestic interests, but I, you know, for the year, all the years of my early marriage and homemaking, if you want to call it that, there was no Pinterest. There was no Instagram. Right, that's right. There was no internet, really. <laughs> no, there wasn't. There was no internet when yeah. Peter and I were dating. Yeah. So you, so this magazine, I would look forward to it every month because this was my access to ideas and inspiration and beauty and just pretty things to inspire me. And of course, it was inaccessible. I was a young, married, graduate student with no money. And so, of course... Living in a, an apartment building. Yes, living I mean, in with the no city, yard. <laughs> in an apartment. It was inaccessible. But And so, I, I get that for some people, that would not be a good thing. But for me, it was inspiring. For mm. me, it showed beauty. And because it was so, you know, Martha Stewart's ethos was so sort of DIY and hand mm -hmm. on, hands-on, there were always instructions about things to do yourself or make or try. Mm. And so, I would often try those things. Except um, at that time, the magazine was structured in such a way that different monthly issues would be would have certain themes. And so every year, March was the gardening issue mm -hmm. every year, year after year. And when it showed up in my mailbox, Lisa Joe, you you won't believe this. I would feel every single time in March when the magazine came disappointed. 
Oh, it's the stupid gardening issue. It's the stupid gardening issue. Okay, can I just say how affirming that is to me? Because I do remember paging through a Martha Stewart magazine every now and again, and she'd have that she has this calendar about like what to do in your garden like that month. And I'm like, who is she? How is she churning out perfect (laughs) meringues? And remember to plant the rhubarb. Like, what is happening? And I just remember thinking, this woman is crazy. Like, she has helpers. (laughs) Clearly, right? But uh, I, that's so interesting because that's the one I would would think you would love. Pointed because I wasn't at that time a gardener. Yeah. I wasn't, that issue was, it, it was beyond inaccessible. It just wasn't my life at all. It wasn't, I wasn't interested. I didn't, you're right. I didn't have a yard. It just felt like there's no point of, of common interest between me and these articles because the articles were not just how to grow lettuce in a pot on your windowsill, <laughs> right, which you maybe no I could have appreciated. Right, right. No, they would be introductions to like this fabulous rose garden in California. Or one article I remember distinctly because it was a whole article about growing dahlia flowers. Hmm. Um, and I, I vividly remember reading this article and at the end of it thinking two things. First, who does this? <laughs> and number two, well, it's good to know that here is something I will never need to try. <laughs> I will never do this. It's good to just sort of check it off a mental oh, list. Interesting. Something I need never concern myself with because I will never work so hard staking and and digging up to store the tubers all for these flowers what who why who cares why? who cares that's what i thought who cares like grow something else that i remember well, thinking I, I, honestly so i'm gonna admit to you now i do not even know what a dahlia looks like <laughs> what is a dahlia what so does it, it look like is it like a peony is it like a rose or is it like a daisy if you had asked me after reading that article i would have said oh lisa joe it just looks like flowers all the colors all the shapes flowers <laughs> flowers are flowers but now <laughs> i would have a different answer because the supreme irony is that years, years after reading that um, magazine article, I, I did become a gardener. Mm-hmm. And not only that, I gradually moved away from growing practical vegetables to feed my family to just growing supremely impractical flowers <laughs> and really feeling my soul just fed by that beauty and just the prettiness and just fell in love with growing flowers. And in that process... Yes. No. Began growing no. my own dahlia flowers. <laughs> so now I would tell you why why dahlias. Number one, because when they bloom, they bloom at the end of the summer and they bloom beautifully through fall, all the way up oh. till the first frost. So that is my number one reason why they I grow those flowers. So they last so long and they are they are abundantly beautiful in a really fresh, summery way at a time when every other plant in the garden is tired and sad. (laughs) So that, to me, that's the number one reason. And I didn't, because I wasn't a gardener when I read that article, that distinction was lost on me. That meant nothing to me. But now I know at a point where the roses are done, the zinnias are tired, the cosmos are flopping over, everything looks sort of sad and crispy. (laughs) The dahlias, that is the precise moment when they they almost rush up and fill the gap in the garden with flowers that are every color of the rainbow, every shape. What do they and look size. like? Like are they like trumpets? Are they like they're a not? Tulip? Yes. So that's a good question. They're not. What are they like? They're they're probably closest to you know like a, a zinnia or a daisy mm-hmm. flower that yes. has that kind of open face. Okay. So they have maybe an open face like a daisy, but they're 
to, you know what? I'm going to have to show you pictures, and we're going to have to put pictures Google in it the <laughs> while you continue to tell us. I'll put about pictures your in the in love the story uh, with Dahlia. The email that we send to our subscribers, a little behind the scenes. I'll include photos of my dahlias in my dahlia garden, because Lisa Joe, not only have I started become a gardener, started growing flowers, but started growing dahlias. I have a whole dedicated border <laughs> where I only grow about uh, I grow about thirty what? dahlias. Because Which I, I've become obsessed. The one it's in the, the front stone here? bed in, in the, the back, back. By, behind the barn? Near the black barn. Oh, here I, I pulled up a picture. Friends, dahlias do come in every color of the rainbow. And every and they and they're kind, you know what they look like to me? Uh-huh. Like a pom-pom. Yes, some of them are pom-pom shaped. Yes. Some of them are more daisy shaped. Some of them look like water lilies. That's one of my favorite really? categories of dahlia, the water lily variety. Some look almost like like spiders. They have these like sort of leggy little petals and Hmm. um yeah they just look they have all these fun shapes and colors but it really it's the season it's because they are this last beautiful hurrah of the garden and so that's that's why i love them but they are they can be tricky because where i live gets very cold in the winter and the winters are kind of wet and frozen the tubers the flowers won't come back the tubers will turn mushy in the ground you have to replant them every year so what i do in the fall after the first freeze and they die back i dig up the tubers which are like they kind of look like little sweet potatoes or something (laughs) Um, i have to dig them up and store them in the root cellar of my house and that's what i remember reading in that article and thinking what is wrong with that person who, who does this Right. I'm thinking that right now. Now, you don't have to. You can leave them in the garden. No, There are no Dahlia police telling you you must do (laughs) this. And you could just see. Maybe they'll come back. Maybe they won't. And maybe you buy new tubers. But because I grow so many, that would be um, very expensive for me to plant that many new ones, to order new ones every year. So I do try to store them. And they survive? How do you store them? So I have learned. Oh, oh my. This is is turning into a how-to gardening show. I didn't expect that. It is happening right now. Don't worry, listeners. If you are like I was those years ago, disappointed by the gardening issue of Martha Stewart. Just stay tuned. We've got more stories for you. We've got more. Because Lisa Joe will be sharing her unsuccessful gardening stories that will even out this podcast conversation. But because you asked the question, and because I did learn this year a really great tip. So for several years in a row, I struggled with how to store the dahlias. I read all kinds of tips about you need to store them in bins with with pine shavings or sawdust (laughs) or shredded newspaper. It was all so complicated and hard. And I never, I always struggled and they didn't always store well. And really what the tuber needs is it needs to um, not dry out because then it'll just shrivel up and wait, be dead. Wait a minute. Before we talk about the tuber, <laughs> I cannot believe I'm having this conversation. I'm looking at the pictures of the dollies. Okay. Uh-huh. There's not just a tuber. Flowers are growing. There is a bush. Yes. How is there then just a tuber? Because it, with the first hard freeze in you know October or November, that plant will die back. Mm-hmm. And and I will cut off all those dead stems, oh. and I will dig up what's under the soil, which is a clump now of tubers, all kind of connected. Is it like potatoes? It's like potatoes, like digging up <laughs> potatoes. And oh it's miserable, God. and you're cold because it's November, and you so don't want be, to be out there, and you're telling yourself, the flowers will be beautiful. I will be glad I did it next summer. I will be glad because wow. it is miserable. But here, no, I've learned an easy way. So this last year I read somewhere. Wait, you mm-hmm. just leave the bushes that you cut off? Like you just leave them? The oh, you parts you cut off the Compost tuber? them. Throw them on the compost pile. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're trash. They're done. So then the bed is then empty. Yes, ready exactly. Ready for next year. Exactly. Thank you for helping my mental Yes. Picture. So these are not, uh, in my climate, perennials that mm-hmm. just stay in the ground and come back year after gotcha. year. Um, they have to be cared for. Now, I think maybe for our southern 
growers, those in warmer climates, they can just plant them and leave them. If you are a crazy tuber person like Christy, please do message us yes, on Instagram tell us because what you we do. like to hear <laughs> how you do it. Do it on Instagram stories. Just chat to us yeah. over there. Tag us at Lisa Jo Baker at What's Christy like? Purefoy. And tell us how crazy you are. Yeah. Let's go there. What's growing week. in your garden what and how growing? do you how do you handle it? How do you dig up your tubers? So this is what I do now. I learned and this oh I love it when the easy way is a good way. So the easy way. So I used to wash off the tubers. They would be oh covered in mud. Word. And then I'd have to find something to store them in and hope they didn't dry out and you're supposed to check on them during the winter. I never check on them. Wow. Uh, it's, no, I just don't. So what I do now is I dig them up out of my thick clay soil, and they're covered in muck. Did you come up with this methodology? No, I, I read it somewhere, okay. and I tried it, and it works. So. Oh, great. Yay. Okay. Or it worked for me this last year. Hit us with your best tuber tips. So then I dig them up. They're all covered in clay soil. I don't wash them off. Instead, I look at that soil as a protective covering Naturally, for my like tubers. like a facial mud mask. And exactly. <laughs> And I dump the whole dirty clump in a cardboard box or if I have a plastic bin, like a Tupperware, you know, something saved. I just dump them in there. And then I take that to my basement. And um, I have a cool, damp root cellar in my basement. Not everyone does, you know, so maybe yours are in your garage or, or, Mm. you know, they're they're in a dark, cool closet, you know, who knows. But for me, they're, they're in this root cellar. And that's it. I don't put them in anything. I don't bother with pine shavings and newspaper. Mm. They're just protected by the dirt. So this year when I pulled them out in spring to plant them again, I kind of carefully knocked off some of the dirt and I could see they had some little sprouts growing. It's they were like alive. when potatoes start to sprout yes, in your exactly, pantry. That's so exactly like that. And so I planted on this spring and they're just starting to sprout you know, sprout now and they're really growing. They've grown through the month of June and they will really get going um, in July and especially August and September. Mm -hmm. Uh, They'll be beautiful. So I'm hopeful for our first gathering at the Black Barn that there'll be dahlias, uh, you know, showing their cheerful faces. (laughs) Well, I will look at them very differently. That is the most interesting story. And I think, I think what you learned Mm -hmm. and what we are learning listening to you is that you do all that work because it actually brings you joy. Yes. Right? It's not just drudgery you endure. Right. You actually are delighted mm-hmm. by your tubers mm-hmm. covered in mud. I am. No one makes me do this. No, And you don't yes. feel like, I wish I wasn't doing this. No. You think, yes, it's worthwhile. Yeah. I've learned to enjoy something that I had to experience it to know that I would enjoy it. When I read about it in that magazine, it just sounded like work. It sounded like drudgery. Mm-hmm. But having my own land to take care of and having experienced the work, I realized, no, no, I do enjoy this. And it's it's surprising. Right. Me. It's so this is the so this is so interesting because, and you know what I'm gonna share, because I too, I think as many of us do, like to imagine myself a gardener. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I I have this romantic idea of gardening that has been somewhat shattered by you sharing what your summers are really like. <laughs> But when we moved to the house where we live now, there is a literally a white picket fenced in vegetable garden area. And Micah, my middle son, who's from Michigan and really has the heart of a farmer. He does. I love to, that about him. He aspires to play football for the Detroit Lions and in the off season to be a farmer. Because, you know, farming is something you just fit in right. to the off season. <laughs> anyway, 
When he and I arrived at this house, we were so excited about this vegetable garden because he had always wanted to, you know, grow something. He's the kid is always digging in the yard. He always wants to have the avocado pit and the apple seeds and he wants to try and plant them. And here we actually had a place where you were supposed to do that. (laughs) Here's where some of the, the problems began. I thought somehow one day I'd wake up and just want to do that and then know how. (laughs) <laughs> and neither of those things happened. Uh, <laughs> and the vegetable garden just had weeds that started to grow and that uh, became deeply overgrown. Yes. And I was ashamed of this patch that I had no idea what to do with. And I told Micah, you know, I, I don't know what to do with this garden. I don't know. And it just it became that thing that just was heavy on my shoulders mm. and I felt guilty about it. I didn't know how to solve for it. And I felt like there must be some magical system I didn't know. And maybe I needed to get an earth tiller. Or I don't know <laughs> yeah. what I needed. And then you came to visit one day, and I I don't know what happened. Like, did I get a phone call? Was I talking to John and Pete? But somehow you ended up in the garden with Micah without me. Okay. Do you remember this? I don't. He took you out to the vegetable garden, okay. which is classic Micah. He yes. initiated. This was like three years ago. So he was I do like remember nine. that day. Yeah. He takes you out to the garden and shows it to you. And you guys, I don't even realize you're out there having this whole conversation until, you know, we're all trying to circle up again. And I and you and Micah, I realize are out in the yard and you come in and Micah is just constant talking about how Miss Christie has told me it's not hard. It's not hard. It'll be easy. She's told me everything we need to do for the weeds and everything we have to do to get the ground ready. And I'm looking at him saying, what What are you doing? That thing where parents sometimes just annoyingly shush their kids Mm -hmm. because they think, kids, you don't understand what you're talking about. But when he started describing what you had said, Mm -hmm. you affirmed him. And so what 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 Christy had taught us was no no listen don't worry about all the weeds everybody has them i have them too at this time of year so this was kind of the late tail end of summer uh-huh. now christy said just two things you don't even have to pull them number 1 you save all your cardboard boxes you get from amazon oh that's right and number 2 you break up those cardboard boxes and you smother the weeds yes. you just lay them down i still on stand top by of that the weeds yes <laughs> and then if you happen to want to take the extra step mm-hmm. of wetting the cardboard mm-hmm. and then layering on top. So during the fall now, when you have all the leaves mm-hmm. that you're raking up in your yard, come dump them here on top of the wet cardboard. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and I said, that's it. And she said, that is it. That will kill your weeds. It will prepare your soil. And come spring, you just dig through it right? And plant. And I said, wait, you don't remove all of that? You don't have to clean it up? And she said, no, it's dead. The soil is ready. You dig through it and you plant seeds. And Micah and I looked at each other and I thought, well, that's something even we can do. (laughs) And I loved it because what makes Christy a joy to be around as a gardener is she is all about reminding you, you don't have to be Martha Stewart to Mm, do this. mm. You can do this because it's joyful for you and you can find the simplest way to do it. It doesn't have to be the fanciest way. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be the professional way because what I had done, and I'm just remembering this now, what had stalled me out is I had Googled how to plant a vegetable garden. Uh, And then I was like, whoa, you have to have schematics and you have to do research about the soil and you have to have the- So overwhelming. So overwhelming. I just gave up. And Christy said, you just break down your Amazon boxes, lay them over the weeds, wet them, and cover them with leaves. 
And you know this part of the story is my favorite part. <laughs> you want to tell this part? I don't know. About if I... Micah? So how he had a friend over oh, one afternoon. Oh, that's right. That's yes. right. He didn't wait for you. He is that right? did not even oh, wait I for love me that to do boy. it. I, love I walked that boy. outside after a couple hours on a conference call, and he <sighs> and his best friend had taken all of our recycling and laid it down over the <sighs> entire garden cover wet it down with the hose themselves and when i walked outside we're in the process of laying leaves down on top of all of it i'm just remembering that and thinking can i borrow him for a while oh my gosh he's amazing (laughs) he loves to work they had they were nine nine i can't believe it they had done all of it themselves all of it and it was such a a feeling of victory like Mm. oh it's possible Mm. maybe we can do this we can Mm -hmm. take ownership of this piece of dirt although i always think about that episode these are the books that made us where you talked about the secret garden Uh all she wanted was a little piece of earth that's right a little bit of earth a little bit of earth (laughs) we had our little bit of earth and so that was it we felt victorious the winter came the snow came and then in the springtime micah kept saying okay now it's time now it's time And I felt nervous about starting from seed. I didn't think I was capable. And so we went to Home Depot and we went into the aisles where they had vegetables and we bought some potato plants, like the little mini plants. Mm -hmm. Because Christy said, if you want to, you can start seedlings through the winter. And I know myself and said, that will never happen. And so we went to Home Depot and we bought, I remember we bought like two potato plants, three or four strawberry plants, some peppers, I Mm -hmm. think, um, and some tomato plants. Mm. And then we went about the hard work of starting to dig through that mulch, the cardboard, and to prepare and bury, you know, Mm -hmm. bury the plants. Did it work like I said it would? It did. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. But here's where our stories differ. (laughs) And this is why I think for our readers, I always hope everybody will find something in these stories. Mm. All of this had been such a great experience in accessing something that had seemed insurmountable. And realizing, oh, I can do it. And doing it. Micah and I did it. But it was hard. Yeah. It was hot out. There are bugs. It was, you have to dig and dig and dig this, the rows. You have to plant. You have to take it, you know, take apart the cardboard that's on the bottom. And it's time consuming. Mm-hmm. And then you have to check on it throughout the summer. And you have to remember to water it. Mm-hmm. And so when we... Ha- I'll admit that part was not as fun for us. (laughs) And we never did get, we probably planted like a row and a half. It's quite a large patch of soil. We never did plant like the rest of the garden. I kept meaning to, I had actually bought a bunch of seeds and I thought I'd see how the plants did. And if they did well, we'd plant the seeds. And then I confess, we just forgot about it. Mm -hmm. We forgot about the vegetable garden. And while Christy's summers, a lot of them is about gardening for her. For us, a lot of times summer does become about sports camps and at the pool every afternoon and Micah starts football conditioning you know halfway through the summer and it's you know, I'm still working full time and the vegetable garden isn't right there when you walk out the front door it's kind of off to the side of the property and we forgot about it until one afternoon Mike came running into the house yelling mom 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 there's so many potatoes there are <gasps> potatoes everywhere <laughs> it's like the potato plant had just like grown like a like oh. a weed that had taken over huge portions of the bed and there are all these baby potatoes that Mike really? dug up wow and he and his friends went out into the garden and dug up all these potatoes and I'll never forget how exciting it was we washed them off and we roasted them in the oven chopped up with olive oil and salt and we ate the potatoes you know the fruit of our hands and and the tomato plants and the strawberries and we killed the 
broccoli and the lettuce. They did not do well. Broccoli's hard. We had ignored them for way too long. <laughs> but we ate that. We ate that fruit. But once we had done it, it was as if for Micah and I, we'd had the experience of it, mm-hmm. and we didn't need to do it again. Mm. We had a closure. And when I thought about doing it again, I just felt like, oh so much work. And at mm-hmm. the time I was having a conversation with a friend who teaches at their school and she had been out all day gardening and she was hot and kind of sunburned and sweaty and dirty. And I looked at her and I said, oh, I know. Isn't it such a drag? Like emphasize, you know, em- empathizing with what I experienced with gardening to be kind of a drag that has a very small payoff. <laughs> It was nice at the time, but I just kept thinking, wow, I could have just bought this bag of mini potatoes right. <laughs> and steamed them and they would have been ready for me. And I just was commiserating with her about how terrible gardening is, but you kind of have to get through it. And she looked at me and said, no, I love it. I love everything about it. Mm. This is my happy place. And in that moment, the penny dropped for me. And I thought, oh, it is not my happy place. Not even a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And it occurred to me, oh, some people enjoy all the parts of gardening. Mm. This is joyful for them. And for me, it's one more chore. It's Mm -hmm. one more piece of work I have to get through. It is not joyful for me. It is not how I create memories. The payoff is not big enough. And so while you discovered that dahlias were something that were 100% worth it to you, I discovered that it is possible. It was fun to do once, but it isn't where I want to live. And if Micah one day wants to take ownership of that vegetable garden and it become his, that'd be wonderful. But it was very freeing for me to say, oh, this does not add that much joy. Like it adds so much joy to my friend's life and so much fulfillment to yours too. And that that is not for me what summer is. Mm. So it was like, I was able to release it. Yes. Say, I didn't feel like a failure. I didn't have a failure narrative. I Her talking about how much joy all that work was helped me release any failure narrative. That's to so say, great. Oh, if you're going to put in this much work, it has to be because it's joyful for yes. you. I feel that way about writing books. People often ask me, how do you do it? I keep wanting to, I keep trying to, and I just can't. And I say, because you have to just show up every day and essentially you have to weed. You have to mm-hmm. kill weeds. You have to sow seeds. You have mm-hmm. to trim it back. You have to stake it. You have to water it. It's so much work, but I love it so much. Yeah. And so I think that has been such an interesting lesson to take from essentially in some ways the same experience Mm -hmm. you and I had. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is an invitation to remember that some things we can't know about ourselves or about the world from just hearing someone else's story or reading about it in a magazine. Some things invite us to try and only in the trying can we learn more about like what that activity really is, what that work is really about. Or what we're really about. Mm. I think some things just have to be experienced and we don't always know. But I feel like, oh, I hope I live in a way, you know, here I am in my middle years, but I hope I have many more years to look forward to. Mm. I hope I continue to be open and mm. curious and um, confident in only the things that I do love that do bring me joy, but willing to give things a chance that maybe I, I haven't, you mm-hmm. know, given that chance to before. Um, I love how friends and family can open you up to those experiences. You know, maybe your child or 
spouse or neighbor develop some passion and then now you're introduced to this mm-hmm. thing and you understand, you know, you know, maybe you get to know their love for it. You know, we just never know how it might come into our lives, but I hope I stay open to that possibility. I hope that perhaps there's even some things now that I've said, oh no, that's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> that maybe in my 60s and 70s will be exactly for mm-hmm. me. I hope, I hope there's still surprises to come. I think summer is perfect for surprises. It is. (laughs) (laughs) If you enjoyed today's conversation, why don't you take a sec right now, scroll down in your podcast app and hit that subscribe button. Which simply means that new episodes will pop up in your podcast app every week for free. 